Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Richard Wayne. In the program this week, the breakers go back-to-back. England makes its move for the World Cup-winning assistant All Blacks coach Wayne Smith. The National Olympic track cycling team is named. Warriors tackling machine Michael Luck announces his retirement at the end of the NRL season. The Auckland City footballers try to get over losing their premiership aspirations and look forward to the O-League final. And an English netball import talks about hardening up for the tactics in the ANZ Championship. First up, New Zealand Breakers fans got their chance to get up close with the Australian basketball champions at a victory rally at Auckland Sky City on Friday after the club turned down an offer from the Mayor for a street parade. The Breakers sealed back-to-back ANBL titles on Tuesday night with a 79-73 victory over the Perth Wildcats in the grand final decider at a sold-out Victor Arena. The Breakers join an elite club of just five teams to go back-to-back. Bridget Mills put this together after the game. The loud roar of Breakers fans at the sellout final. For the players such as American-born Gary Wilkinson, the energy level of the crowd can be the difference between winning and losing. Going in and, and just feeling the energy that the crowd had created, the momentum that it gave us, it was just, it was wonderful. I mean, the, you know, I haven't had an experience like that in New Zealand where the crowd was just so into it. I think it generated a lot for us going down the stretch when it was like a nail-biter to, to pull it off. The team's manager, Richard Clark, agrees the passionate atmosphere of Auckland's Vector Arena is worth points. The crowds playing defence as hard as the, the players are, it was, it was a great atmosphere and um, you know, the fans uh, are as much a part of the championship win as, as the guys on the court. So now it's time to repay the fans with a public celebration. Unlike last year, the team won't do a victory parade, but Richard Clark says they will hold a rally, time to take place after school finishes on Friday, so families can head along to meet their favourite players and get up close with the trophy. For diehard fans like Doug Jenkins, the 4.30 start will just mean he'll have to leave work a little early. Purely because of what they've done, like back-to-back. Um, first one was special, second one I think's just... Amazing, like there aren't many teams that do it. I just think, like, I know they're just amazing sportsmen, they represent the team, the country, whatever, well, so why not celebrate it? These fans on the streets of Auckland are also keen to ditch the office and get amongst the celebrations. It won't be like holding the Web Ellis, but I think it would definitely, uh, yeah, it definitely be quite exciting. Uh, I'm a bit short though, I think I might be towered by some of those players, so I'll, I'll end up looking like a little bald man holding a trophy. It would definitely be good for the kids, the kids would love to uh, touch a trophy and see all the breakers start. Huge effort. Warriors have never been able to win the Aussie competition, so um, you can't underestimate what they've achieved. The rally will take place outside the Sky City Casino on Friday afternoon and will wrap up in time for the players to head along to an awards dinner that night. Bridget Mills with that report on the breakers. And this is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Richard Wayne. 
The recent All Black assistant coach Wayne Smith has confirmed he met with England head coach Stuart Lancaster in South Africa about possibly being involved with their three-test summer tour of the Republic and a long-term position. That England tour takes place during a break in the Super Rugby season. Smith's, of course, now the assistant Chiefs coach and says he's got a lot of things to take into account before he makes his big decision. Stuart came over, flew over on Friday, and so we had to catch up Friday night. There's an opportunity there. I've come home with, you know, I've got a requirement now to consider a few factors and decide whether that's what I want to do or whether I want to stay here. You know, my considerations here are really family. I've just moved up here to basically my home province when I was a kid. My mum and dad are here and Trish is enjoying it here, so that's a major one. I think the Chiefs, I'm really loving the, the group, the spirit here and the character within this group. The third one is the fact that I've given the last eight years of my life to the All Blacks. This would require me to coach against the team I love and, and people who are great mates within that team. So, you know, I've, I've got to be certain that I can do that before I make any decision to go over there. Wayne Smith has always said he'd like to be involved in international rugby again. He's given himself 10 days to make a decision about a coaching future with England and he has an out clause in his Chiefs contract to allow him to pursue this option at the end of the season. Smith says it won't be the money on offer that will sway him to take up a position with England, but Lancaster is blessed with massive resources in both player numbers and, of course, financially. Oh, financially, like it's not even worth talking about because it's a different stratosphere, obviously, over there than it is in New Zealand. That's the same for players, but that's not the major one for me. The major one is getting the decision really clear in my mind and my family's mind and then making it. They're a team with big resources, both playing and backup resources to put a real elite programme together, so that's pretty interesting. I think Stuart Lancaster's a good man, and he's got a real clarity of vision that um, I think he's going to do well with England. So, you know, they're on the right track. It's just whether um, I want to be a part of that or not. England head coach Stuart Lancaster says he'd love Wayne Smith to be part of his new coaching setup. Lancaster feels positive about the chances of Smith joining England, and he'd slot in perfectly as a backs coach. You know, it's a team of three, and... Myself as head coach, Graham Rountree as forwards coach, and you know Wayne as, as backs coach. Really, you know, let's call it forwards coach and backs coach for, for simplicity. But it's actually an integrated coaching team where we're all involved in each other's areas. And clearly, you know, with a man of his experience, you know, he's coaching defence at, at Waikato at the moment, but he's also coached attack um, with the All Blacks. So I think I'd use him in all in all regards. No, I had a good meeting with him, a good chat, and, and clearly he's a, a coach of the highest regard, really, and, and, and credibility. I spoke to him about where we've come from uh, as a team and where we were trying to go to the vision, our vision for the future and asked him whether he wanted to be part of that journey and, and clearly you know, he's got decisions to make now, you know, he seemed to be excited by the challenge but also he's clearly got a lot of ties pulling back home so you know, we'll wait to see basically. English rugby's head coach Stuart Lancaster and his recruitment target Wayne Smith. This is Extra Time. Coming up, Warriors hard man Michael Luck reveals his body told him it was full time. Auckland City try to get up from the canvas for the O-League finals. And the Canterbury Tactics English import Joe Harton on the step up down under. The New Zealand track cycling team for this year's Olympic Games was announced on Friday with the biggest ever squad of 15 named to compete in London. The team's built around the riders who claimed medals at the recent World Championships in Melbourne. The men's pursuiters will lead New Zealand's track campaign with the World Champs bronze medalist team made up of Sam Bewley, Wesley Goff, Aaron Gate and Mark Ryan to be joined by Radio Shack professional Jesse Sargent. The women's pursuit team who finished fourth at the World Champs is led by individual pursuit world champion Alison Shanks.
The strongest competition for selection came in the men's team sprint, who won two bronze medals in Melbourne, with room for only three riders. Ethan Mitchell has cemented himself in the start position for the men's sprint. Mitchell's joined by Eddie Dawkins and Simon Van Belthoven. Joe Porter caught up with Ethan Mitchell to talk about his selection and what it means to be going to his first Olympic Games. It's always been a dream mine to represent New Zealand and let alone at the Olympics. To have that opportunity is well, it's a dream come true for me. So five years ago, where were you and did you ever dream of this moment coming true? Five years ago I was at my college Sacred Heart um, and I was riding, riding on an old rusty bike along the waterfront there doing the team time trials. Um, and I mean, obviously I've always wanted to represent New Zealand and at the Olympics I always watched watch cycling and I was, I was a huge fan of cycling so um, to have that dream to become a reality now is it's amazing. You've nailed down the starting position, tell me a little bit about that role in what it in shoes. So obviously I have to get the team off to, a, off, off to the start um, and I have to deliver second wheel as fast as I can so that's my goal, um, I'm out of the start gate so timing comes into it um, and obviously just the power and the, the speed over the first lap is my, my my main work on. Yep. You guys had a pretty promising result over in Melbourne at the World Championships. Obviously a few teams were, were disqualified, but where do you realistically see yourselves? A, a gold medal chance or just a medal chance? We we're going, we go to every race to win, um, and that's the reality. I think five guys, we all share the same common goal of winning, and I don't think there's any point in going to race unless you want to win. Um, so for us, uh, we're going to London to win, and our result at the end of the day, as long as we we ride the best we can, we're going to be happy with it. You guys are quite a young bunch of guys in the team there. Uh, who's the elder statesman and who tries to take on the sort of dad figure in the group? Um, Matt Archibald's the oldest, yep. He, uh, I guess you could call him dad. He's, I wouldn't say he's responsible, but he, I guess you could call him dad. We, uh, I, don't, I actually don't really know who would be the dad figure, but um, I suppose Eddie would be the, the most outspoken. He, he sort of takes that leader role, so... We'll let, we'll let him have that one. <laughs> and in terms of Olympic experience, it's obviously going to be a new thing for all of you. Yeah. How do you take that on board, and I guess how do you deal with that, because there's no one to go to who's been there before to tell you how to deal with things. Yeah, we, we've got a really amazing team behind us in, in bike, um, and a few of the endurance riders rode in Beijing for the bronze medal there. So with, with that comes experience, and, and we can bounce ideas off them. Um, really well and they, they've been really supportive for us and I'm sure they will be over the next 90 days in, in preparation. And what is the next step in preparation for you guys? Where does, where does the build up go now? Uh, we've got a training camp in two weeks up here in Auckland um, and that'll be the chance to see the see the boys and, and to really knuckle down and just hard work and, and that's what we're good at doing, waking up every morning and putting ourselves in a hole and to be the best in the world that's what we have to do. So. And peaking for London? Just take us through that and how do you go about, I guess, keeping yourself fit without getting too fit and peaking right. early? Yeah, that's right. We, we're doing our finishing work in, in Bordeaux at the moment and it's, it's a very, very fast track. Um, and obviously we're going to be nervous heading that, that last two weeks and before the Games. Um, but we've got a great team behind us and I'm sure they'll give us heaps of advice on how to, how to peak. The massive amount of crowds, the athletes' village, all the experiences that go with that, rubbing shoulders with the likes of Usain Bolt and guys like that. How do you, I guess, sort of um, deal with that, that pressure and that excitement and make sure it doesn't affect you on race day? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that is one of the big things. But I think um, over, the, over the whole squad of the track cycling and bike team, we're there, we're there to win medals um, and, and not see celebrities, I think, as, as far as that goes. 
it is another competition for us. It's like the world champs, and it's the best in the world are going to be there. Um, but we're there to win medals, and obviously we can soak up that Olympic atmosphere, and I think it's only going to make us more hungry for the medal. In terms of your biggest rivals at the Games, obviously uh, Britain will, will come in home court advantage to them, and Australia looking strong. Anyone else? Uh, the Germans and the French have been strong all season, and they, they are an amazing uh, sprint nations. Um, but team sprints won in tenths of a second, hundreds of a second even, so whatever team has its best ride on the day, I think, um, has the opportunity of winning, and I think we are a part of one of those teams. In terms of getting the right kind of sleep, getting the right kind of hydration and, and the food on board the night before the big race, are you worried about having a sleepless night, the pressure getting to you, the nerves not letting you get to sleep? Do those things come to your mind at all? I think heading into any big race, it's like that. At the World Champs, obviously, it's the same. It's um, all the excitement, all the big crowds. It's, it's, it's part of being an athlete, I think, and I think any athlete could tell you that uh, sleepless nights is, is something that happens. Um, but we do a lot of preparation. We've, we've got a, an amazing team, an amazing sports-like team as well, who, who help us and give us advice. And I think we do a lot of training coming into events and, and how to deal with that pressure. So to have familiar environments, to be rooming with your teammates, is I think that'll tone it down a bit. And where do you go now as a team, as a sprint team? How many seconds do you think, realistically, you need to cut off your time to get on that podium in London? And how do you go about achieving those goals? Yeah, I think... Obviously, every single nation is going to step it up for the Olympics, and that's that's the reality of it. For us, it needs to be, I, th- I think, for the for a podium opportunity at the Olympics, we need to do a low 43-second time. So we're about half a second off that. But with the, with the hard work we're putting in now, it's, it's all very, very, very realistic, and that is our goal. Olympic track cycling sprinter Ethan Mitchell talking to Joe Porter. The Warriors Rugby League veteran Michael Luck has decided to retire at the end of the NRL season. The Warriors had offered the off-contract Luck a new one-year deal for next year to stretch his tenure to eight seasons at the Auckland club. But he's decided not to take that up and Luck will instead return home to Queensland. Luck told Stephen Hewson what brought him to the decision. Thought about it pretty uh, long and hard and uh, you know, got advice from people I trust and you know, I just thought... Now uh, is, is a good time to to call it quits. Yeah, uh, you know the body's not not getting any younger or in better condition every year. And I just thought, you know, for the good of me and you know, going to be able to run around with my kids in ten years' time. So this is uh, yeah the right decision to make, and I'm and I'm happy with it. When did you start thinking that this would be the last year? Thought about it pretty uh, long and hard, and uh, you know, got advice from people I trust, and you know, I just thought. Now uh, is, is a good time to, to call it quits. Yeah, uh, you know, the body's not not getting any younger or in better condition every year. And I just thought, you know, for the good of, of me and you know, going to be able to run around with my kids in 10 years' time, so this is uh, yeah, uh, the right decision to make, and I'm, and I'm happy with it. You weren't tempted to maybe head to the UK at all? Not at all. Mate, I struggle enough in Auckland weather. I'd be suicidal living in Leeds or somewhere. Obviously, going back home to Queensland's quite a pull too. Oh yeah, but you know that's uh, yeah that's a, that's a family reason. Um, you know, uh, I want my son to grow up with his cousins and uncles and aunties and grandparents around. And you know, you only realise how difficult it is with with kids around when you got no support network. And um, that's what we certainly have got uh, back in Queensland. So uh, yeah, that's that's an exciting part of it too. What's kept you at the Warriors for so long? Mate, I love the place. Um, you know, it's been, uh, you know, I suppose they gave me a chance in, in 2005, uh, when, 
there weren't many other clubs that were going to, and I came here just for the opportunity more than anything. And yeah, I've, I've just been so lucky, mate, over the years. The opportunities that I've got on and off the field by being here at the Warriors, and yeah, I've just enjoyed my time here immensely. And hopefully, uh, we can go out on a, on a good note this year and, and win a premiership. Is it different to other NRL clubs? Well, mate, I, I mean, I one other one because of, I was only at the Cowboys before this, but mate, I think fundamentally most footy clubs are the same. But, that is for the young blokes that, that love doing what they do and are lucky enough to get paid for doing it. So, um, mate, it'll be very sad when when the day comes that you know, I play the, the last game. So that's what makes a yeah, club, the boys. Uh, yeah, our boys here certainly got a pretty special group of young men. Who did you talk to to go through or work through this decision? Oh, mostly my family and my manager too. I, I trust him. Uh, you know, I suppose it's in his best interest to keep me playing, isn't it? Because he doesn't get paid if I'm uh, if I'm not in the game. But said, look, if your sole focus isn't on footy, well then I suppose you 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 want more time to start thinking about something else. So and that uh, is 100 percent right. I think I play best when when I give my heart and soul to the game, and um, you know I'll continue to do that for the rest of the year. But maybe it's something that um, I'll start to question in the future. Um, you know, different. Uh, I suppose you get, you get family now, and yeah, get a, a different perspective on things. Presumably, when you start looking back over a career like yours, you you must have a few highlights. Yeah, um, yeah, I've been lucky to play alongside some you know, unbelievable men during my time here. Uh, guys like Steve Price and Ruben Wicky and uh, Owen Goodenbill, Logan Swan, Stacey Jones. I was lucky to play with. Um, you know, those type of guys have all had pretty significant impact not only on my footy but you know on, on life in general. Uh, mate, I'm, I'm very, very lucky that, that you know I've been able to have great to feel with these sort of blokes. Do you intend staying involved in football? Do you see a coaching career beckoning? Oh, that's something that you know I haven't really put too much thought into. Oh, absolutely, I'll stay involved in football. But you know, if that's coaching my son's under under sevens team uh, back in Townsville somewhere, so be it. Um, if it's if it's more than that, that'd be great. But you know, it's a game that I everything I've, I've got in my life to. Yeah, I just you know I, I, I can't. Can't overstate what, what what rugby league's done for me. It's been an amazing journey. Is coaching something you've thought of? I haven't put that much thought into it, you know. But in saying that, you know, I think I know the game pretty well. Um, it's something I've been involved with, um, you know, on a professional level since I was 17 years old. Um, even before that, I played since I was since I was six. So, uh, you know, it's it's a yeah, that's something that we'll have to we'll have to you know, cross later down the uh, yeah, down the road. If you hadn't been a rugby league player, what what would you have been? Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> not too sure. Well, you know, I've been at university the whole time. Uh, I've been playing as well. I've just finished my master's dissertation now. So, yeah, so I was always going to do business at uni. And, uh, yeah, but honestly, mate, I'm not sure. Not sure what road yeah my, my life would have taken. This is Extra Time, and that's Warriors hard man Michael Luck speaking with Stephen Hewson. Waitakere United will face Team Wellington in the National Football Premiership Grand Final under lights Saturday night at the Trust Stadium in Henderson. The defending champions, Waitakere, are chasing a fourth Premiership title and they booked their finals berth by thrashing Canterbury 5-2 in Christchurch for a 5-3 aggregate semi-final win. Wellington followed up their 1-0 first leg home win over minor Premiership winners Auckland City with a shock 3-1 win away at Kiwitea Street. That booked the capital side their final spot 4-1 on aggregate. The Auckland City coach Ramon Trebuliec says his team has to pick themselves up after their shock loss and at least the side has Sunday's first home leg of the Oceania Champions League final against the Tahitian champs Tefana to look forward to.
Trebouliet spoke to Simon Bird after the disappointing loss to Wellington. Yeah, we we were a little bit disappointed, to be honest with you. But uh, we need to be positive. And look, in some respects, the good thing is that we, we've got another opportunity this weekend. So we need to get back together very quickly. And hopefully, you know, we can get you know back up, stand up. Uh, this life, you know, and uh, we've got another good opportunity. This is the uh, the big title, you know, the O-League. And yeah, we've got to go for it. You were clear winners in the regular season of the ASB Premiership. Is it a dent to your confidence and uh, are the boys feeling a little bit, say, a bit flat ahead of the first leg against Tafana? I hope that's not going to be the case. I mean, obviously, we're, we're all pissed off, if I can say that. Uh, we, we're disappointed and we're, we're not happy, but we, we need to get back together and hopefully, you know, for someday we will be at a good level and able to play a good game that would be, you know, that would be the target. Make sure that everyone, you know, gets back into the positive uh, dynamic and, uh, and that we can at least play a good game as we played these last two games because at the end of the day, I think we played in terms of football, you know, well. We created lots of chances. Some some of the chances were very clear, but we, we just couldn't put the ball in the net, you know. So, as I said, we, we need to be convinced that what we're doing is the right thing. But sometimes, you know, the sport and the competition is like this. Sometimes the difference in between winning and losing is very small. And I think uh, well, that's probably something that's happened in the semi-final. And, and be positive. Though, did Team Wellington expose anything uh, in your style that, uh, that worries you ahead of uh, Sunday's clash? No, look, I, th- I think we've done this since last year. And, and, and it's obviously, it's not easy, you know, because... You know, most uh, most teams here in New Zealand, with all respects, uh, have always played a different style of football. So it's not not easy now to to play this way, trying to play out all the time, even under pressure. And uh, for us, you know, we've been doing really well in games with uh, not so high pressure. But obviously, when it, when it comes to to these big games, uh, sometimes you know, it's, it's more difficult because we we're still and and I would say halfway through the process, you know, of getting everyone you know confident doing the same thing even in big games and that's probably that, that could, yeah, we could say that that's probably one of the things that affected us but uh, if you look at the games again you know if you look at the games we, we created a lot of chances as many chances as we have created this year playing with that style but unfortunately this time the ball didn't get in the net you know and, and that return leg uh, on Sunday we hit the post three times within five minutes you know so you would expect that we would, you know, we put some of those chances away in, uh, in normal conditions. But look, that lack of an away goal and uh, that extra bit of pressure of having to play a semi-final, you know, that you know that if you lose, you're out. Uh, look, all that together paid off, you know, and uh, we, well, we paid the price. And uh, unfortunately, we couldn't make it through. But uh, look, we believe in what we're doing, and uh, and and this style, this style is proof that it's, uh, it can be effective with these players because we. As you said before, we've won the league seven, point clear, seven points clear of the second, you know, so we, we have to remember that. What are you expecting from Tefana and what do you know about them? Uh, Tefana are very physical. We played them last year because we were in the other group in the O-League. Uh, yeah, they are very physical, uh, very defensive-minded and uh, yeah, very direct in position. Uh, they're going to be They're going to be difficult. Uh, we we were lucky to you know be able to film the game they played down here a couple of weeks ago against Spa, so the uh, the group decider for the you know for the group, and uh, yeah I mean I've got the video so uh, I 
think I know pretty well what uh, they're going to try to do. Uh, again, it's going to be difficult because, it, you know, when, you, when you're playing a final, you know, any team that qualifies for a final is going to be a good team and, and they know what they're playing for. So it'll be difficult. So we need to make sure that we, you know, we play a good game at home. We, we try not to concede and yeah, knock in some goals, you know, keep playing the same way, create the chances and hopefully, you know, we'll put the chances away this time. And uh, you're ready for that physical approach? Yeah, we'll be ready for the physical approach. I mean, it's probably it's a, it's an, an an island team, but it's maybe more more of a you know New Zealand New Zealand, a team from New Zealand there rather than an island. This year we've played in the other in the group with uh, the Solomon Islanders, the uh, Papua New Guineans, and the and the one from Vanuatu, and that, they are probably technically very good on that group. This group of with the Tahitian and New Caledonians are very physical. Uh, so that's more similar to what we do here in New Zealand. So in that regard, well, we should be okay. We, we know how to play these games. And, and again, we played them last year twice. So we know what to expect. Uh, as I said, we just need to be positive and, you know, keep playing the same way because we know we're going we're gonna to create the chances and we're going to control the game. And hopefully, you know, it, it will all be about to put them away, put the chances away, hopefully. And the, the FIFA Club World Cup is still a big carrot for Auckland City? Yeah, of course. That's the big trophy. I mean, we, every time, you know, every every year uh, when we start pre-season, we always talk about it. This is the uh, the big trophy. I mean, with with no, no disrespect to the uh, the uh, National League, of course, but this is the, the big trophy. Everyone knows that. We know that we all want to go. We all want to go back to Japan and... Uh, and that, that's, you know, the, uh, the world stage show. Everyone wants to go back there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to take this. Hopefully, you know, we'll get back to it and we can take this uh, as well as we can and we can give it a good shot, you know, because this is what we, you know, we've been preparing all year for in some respects. So, yeah, we'll give it our best shot, that's, that's for sure. The Auckland City football coach, Raymond Tribuliet, speaking to Simon Bird. The O-League final first leg kicks off at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon at City's home ground in Sandringham, Kiwitea Street. Finally, the Canterbury Tactics English import Joe Harton hopes she'll become a tougher player as a result of playing in this year's Trans-Tasman netball competition. The Tactics were given special dispensation for two international players given the disruption caused by last year's earthquake. Harton, who's a shooter, was joined by fellow England international Stacey Francis who hasn't taken the court yet through injury. Bridget Tunnicliffe caught up with Harton after her team's five-goal loss to the Central Pulse in round four. Um, it was okay, you know, in the first quarter we were obviously letting the ball go, we were up and uh, playing with a bit of confidence, but I think we just let our game slip into the, the second and the third. I guess two from two would have been so much better than one from four. But what are you going to work on this week? Well, to be honest, I think it should be, you know, at least three from four. You know, we should have beaten the Steel uh, last week and again, we, we're up there with the Pulse. Um, but we just let it slip and it's you know scrappy errors, individual responsibility and not finishing off in, in attack, which you know needs to step up. How are you finding the intensity of the ANZ in general? I think it's definitely a step up from back home in the UK, but um, you know you know that when you come over here you're playing in the best league in the world, so you adapt quickly and you, you do the training for that sort of thing. What's it like playing with the likes of Marie Bowden and being fed by one of the best feeders around? Yeah, it's great. You know, she instills confidence in the team. She's a super fit um, lady, so you know she really gives us something to drive for, and she really gives us, you know, the sort of where we need to be at, sort of thing. Are you learning some new tricks since being in with the Canterbury girls? Um, I wouldn't necessarily 
say new tricks, you know, I'm learning how to play more of a New Zealand style game because it is, I suppose, different and varied to what I've played back home. It's, it's good playing with these guys because it gives you a different perspective. What's the biggest thing you think that you're going to get out of playing for the ANZ? Oh, just playing against, you know, the best defenders in the world at this high intensity. And yeah, it's down to the wide matches and, you know, if you can finish off, you're doing your job and, you know, that's what I came here for. Would you like to see more England players getting an opportunity in the ANZ? Definitely, you know, I think it is obviously the best league in the world and you're playing against Aussies and New Zealanders and who you're ultimately going to face at the World Champs of Commonwealth Games, so the more exposure England players can get to this sort of league, the better. It's a magic next, is it? Yeah. What are you going to sort of work on before you meet them? I think we need to look at ourselves more, not necessarily at the magic. You know, they've obviously come from a nil on four, so they're going to be wanting that win and at home. So it's going to be a hard game for us, but we need to finish off our own, our own attack end and, you know, work on those little errors that are costing us the game. The tactics import Joe Harton with Bridget Tunnicliffe. And that's the show for this week. Thanks very much for listening. Feedback's always welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news, of course, anytime on our website, radionz.co.nz. And we'll be back next week with the web-only Extra Time show. I'm Richard Wayne. Bye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.